I love people with grand ideas mm. that don't have the ability to achieve them. <laughs> I can I can go with that. I can try and find that. Mm. That'll be the next one then. Like the story I'm going to write for you. That's that's the synopsis. That's the headline. I won't give you much, but it's about a man, a British man. Good, good. Who wants to sail around the world, but he's not a sailor. Yet. Yep. <laughs> I can't give you anything. That's the only, But it's so fucking horrible. Hey up, I'm Joe Heathcote, and this is Consistently Eccentric a British history podcast where we try to make sense of some of the lesser known and more absurd people and events these islands have produced. So let's get started with... Well, it was that guy who wanted to swim from um, South America. It was the shortest distance to do the Atlantic Ocean, and he wanted to swim it. I mean, the shortest distance to swim the Atlantic Ocean, you're quibbling over what is a very small percentage of the overall journey. I think it... Does it end in Morocco? There's still anyway, a it's south, shit ton it's, of ocean. It's yeah. South America to Africa. Yeah. Um, and he got... The fat part of South America and the fat part of Africa where they just sort of... Yeah, curve. Just a slight curve. But he got... <laughs> so he had a whole crew. Well, I'd, I'd hope it wasn't just like him. So he'd swim and then be too tight. His idea was he'd swim a certain distance. Mm. Um, they'd anchor the, the boat. He'd, He'd sleep, sleep on the, the boat, boat right, eat, okay. refuel, get in at the same point in the ocean and carry on. Oh, so it's just by stages. And literally do this over like nine months or whatever, however long it would take. Mm. Um, and he got, it was something like three miles out and then got stung by a man of war. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and just had to abandon it. Well, yeah. <laughs> but he put, he put on all, he was so fat because he put on all this weight because he thought he was going to be... Like yeah, 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 he's, yeah. So he's just this fat guy that got on the ocean <laughs> with one <laughs> in Brazil, massive foot. Got stung by a Portuguese man of war and then had to like quit. Oh God! Because yeah, you'd, you'd have your sort of real sort of emotional goodbyes to all your family. They'd watch you heading off, but you wouldn't have even because it's thirteen miles to the horizon, isn't it? On flat, it's a, you can see approximately thirteen miles with the curvature of the Earth. Right. So they he wouldn't have even got out of. Eye line with the people, and they'd be like, "Oh, there he goes!" And then slowly they'd realise that the boat is actually going closer again. Like oh, that doesn't, that can't be good. Sounds like the boat's screaming. <laughs> <laughs> what a poor guy! A weird engine noise. Because I mean, how long? I guess it takes a long time to recover from that sting. Because if it was like it just you needed to rub some ointment on it. If it was like a two-day delay, you've planned a nine-month trip. You're not going to abandon for that. I don't. I think he retried it. But it kept failing. Uh, let me. Oh let God. Me find it. Um, what would it be? Man, st- man fails to swim Atlantic. I imagine. I'd be so sad. Oh, I do feel for him. It was 2016. Um, well, 2016 was a shit year for everyone. <laughs> Ben Hooper suffered his worst nightmare, quotes. <laughs> Where's he from, Ben he Hooper? He tried was to he... complete his world record attempt to swim across the ocean. Was he American? Uh, uh, right, okay. A long-distance swimmer was left partially paral- uh, uh, paralysed and, dan- and had dangerously low b- pressure after being stung by a Portuguese man-of-war jellyfish. Hmm. Uh, ben started his world record attempt to swim 2,000 miles between... Africa and South America. 
as he went from Africa the other right, day. Right, yeah, yeah. He spoke about fears, of his fears of physically taking a battering mm. um, in the shark and jellyfish infested waters. Um, I'm when, sure it's really... When they say partially paralysed, was that it? Was it like <clears throat> never got the use of a limb back or something? <laughs> that was it. So he, 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 he started it, got stung by a jellyfish, came back. Yeah. Um, and then he tried to go out again and got stuck in a storm. <laughs> the storm rolled in. <laughs> there was something else. <laughs> Senegal to Brazil. <clears throat> well, I mean, a storm was almost an inevitability, wasn't it? Because... Like, when people swim the channel, that's a matter of hours and they wait until a perfect day. But you're not going to get the perfect set of months in the Atlantic Ocean, are you? You are going to face some bad days out there. So it would have been 147 days swimming 12 miles a day. Okay. That's how long it would have taken. Um, Is it disingenuous for me to suggest that you need to have some kind of time limit on it? Because I do feel... That if you don't have a time limit on it, you could do it a mile a day. <laughs> the currents are so bad; it was sw- like swimming in a washing machine, <laughs> in a washing machine on a heavily soiled cycle. <laughs> <laughs> and they say that there's no such thing as good journalism anymore. Beautiful. <laughs> you, was this not? He taking... wrote in one post. I'm being thrown <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> things you check i mean i'm sure he did i'm sure you can't you know there's going to be some hardship in doing it but it seems like he said like jellyfish aren't a a constant thing are they that you have like blooms yeah so he was getting little like stings from jellyfish all the time Uh, small uh, small jellyfish stings were regular and Mm. sapped energy Um, while swimming through some seaweed (laughs) lice nipped at his dorsal he, got, and lice. he, got, he was swimming across the Atlantic and he got lice. Is, <laughs> God, he's worked hard to do that. He, swims, he can't get out of Senegal. <laughs> so all just imagining within sight of the Senegalese coast. He's just stuck there for week after week, desperately trying. And they're like, can we just tow you a mile to get beyond this? And they're like, no, I must do it under my own steam. Uber was in danger of injuring himself, getting on and off the boat. And every now and again, he would take a hit from a kayak. A kayak? It was like the support kayak. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, this man. I know, so he did a few days, but he didn't get anywhere. <laughs> And this this was literally the best place that he could have left the West African coast. Oh, God. Because so, surely he must have wreckied and been like, where's the best part of the West African coast that I can leave from? So he got he did 21 days. Mm. Um, so on the 21st day, Hopper, uh, sorry, Hooper swam blindly into the half-eaten remains of a Portuguese man of war jellyfish. <laughs> um, right in pain, unaware of the cause. It was received from the water. The crew discovered stings up and down his right side of his body. Yeah. A section of the tentacle was still attached to his shoulder. That's to be Ooh. removed. Every now and then his eyes would roll back in his head <laughs> as his spe- speech began to slur and his blood pressure plummeted. All right. Um, 
He thought he was on his way out. Fair. Because he can kill you. I'm pretty sure it's, it, that could easily have been fatal. Uh, renal failure. Mm, nice. So slowly, basically toxins slowly building up in your body and you've been unable to get rid Shit. of them. Shit. Mm? So he spent um next four days on the boat recuperating. On the boat? Yeah. And on so day 26, take him to he hospital. re-entered the water and swam two miles. Right. Three days later in stormy seas, a steering cable snapped and re- re- uh, required repair. The storm belt waves rose to 30 feet, crashing around the crew. Now clouds covered the skies and everything appeared eerie. The rain poured. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So the thing that finally scuppered was actually a mechanical failure on the boat rather than him. A half-paralysed, lice-ridden man covered in bruises from the kayak. He was willing to carry on and it was the boat breaking that did it. Yeah, pretty much. And them going, we don't have the money to keep repairing this boat, we're just going to have to abandon it. Wow. Right, do you want to know how far he got? Go on. For all this hardship. So, right, so he spent 33 days at sea. Right. Um, He was trying to cover 1,879 miles. Okay, yeah. I'm going to have a guess. I'm... I want to say... He lost two stone. Oh, God. I want to say he covered a big distance, but I'm worried you're going to say it's in the hundreds, the low hundreds... Please say he at least made 100 miles. Well, he's, he's trying to do 12 miles a day. Yeah. And he did 33 days. Yeah. So I'm going to say it should be in the high hundreds at least, but it's going to be in the low hundreds, isn't it? 86 miles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that poor man. 86. Where was he from? Where's this man from? He's from the UK. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Oh. Hooper had returned to the UK in March and now he appeared <laughs> deep in a state of reflection. <laughs> One question put should he plan a new attempt? <laughs> oh, oh my God. No. No, you shouldn't. So wait, the channel's only like... Isn't the channel 20-something miles? Is it 26? Because you can see... When you're in the middle, you can see both Calais and Dover, can't you? So it's about 20... It's got to be less than 26 miles. And he did 86 miles. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, what I'm thinking is, a channel swimmer can do that distance in... You're talking hours. Isn't it six to ten hours, the fastest ones? So what he covered is the equivalent of a channel swimmer could do in less than three days. And it took him 33 days. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking him. He spent, he, he definitely committed. And you feel like if the boat hadn't broken, even if it had taken him years, even if he's still swimming now. I mean, he's he's done so. He did so much. So he he, he knew all the risks. Um, Apparently not. Like literally, um, hypothermia. Mm. Well, that um, you'd have to be a bit exposure, muscular yeah. uh, deficit, the great white shark, the ocean. Oceanic white cap shark, the Portuguese man of war, the Atlantic sea nettle. The Atlantic um, sea nettle? For three years he didn't work, concentrating instead on being a full-time athlete. So he trained um, for three years. He'd won, uh, he'd swum 12 million metres in training. So he'd re- he was fit enough to do it. He- I hope some of that was open water. Do you think that was the problem? <laughs> he'd done it all in a pool. I think he might have, yeah. No! Um. He wanted to inspire others. 
including his eight-year-old daughter. Oh, God, now I'm feeling really bad about laughing. And do it for charity. Oh. Um, so it was a... I, I mean, could he not have run the London Marathon or So something? he was in... Um, in 2006, he was in a car crash that brought him to Holtley's police career, sparked a period of depression. 2013, following a series of personal setbacks that result in an affair and a breakdown of a long-term relationship. The illness would return... The illness? I think the, like... Oh, it's depression. Ah, fair enough. Um, that is an illness. So I think it was, like, this big goal to sort of, like, align his life. This this sounds like it's a midlife crisis that people have allowed to get way out of hand. Mm. You know, I'm going to swim... I'm going to be the first person to swim the Atlantic. And <clears throat> I get the feeling, at first, they were like, well, he's going to the gym... And he's he's looking after himself for the first time in a few years, so hopefully, you know, he'll never actually do the Atlantic thing, but it's it's a good motivator for him at this moment, and it just kept going. Because <coughs> mm. it sounds like it's been both very well planned and really badly planned at the same time. I think he's done everything he could possibly have done mm. to prepare for it, and then it's faced the worst luck very quickly. mm because there's other people that have done it. People have actually swam the Atlantic? Um, wow. First person to do the crossing, uh, Guy Delage. It's 55 days at sea, covered 2,335 miles. 55 days at sea? Um, kicked, a, <laughs> kicked a shark in the nose and then got back onto the raft. Onto, oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> three years later, another French-born swimmer. Mm. Manute Le Cronte swam um, 3,716 miles in 73 days. He too was trapped by a shark, this time for five days. Was trapped by a shark? What? Tracked. Tracked, ah, like, okay, As he's sorry. swimming, there's a, a shark just following him for five days. I, I, this is where I want my support boat to do something about that. Could you not, like, Amazing. just p keep poking the shark with, like, a... A stick or something till it went away. I think you go on the bath uh, on the raft and it just stays there. It's just swimming around the water and you get in the next day and it just it just follows you. Well, that'd be ominous. I don't think I could focus on the swimming knowing that. You'd swim faster or more calmly. I don't know. How would you react to it? I'd be looking at the shark a lot, unless they sort of you know harnessed the shark and used the shark to help. Oh shit! Right, sorry, sorry, Joe. What? While Hooper was out in the Atlantic, questions about his legitimacy of his attempt began to surface on popular marathon swimming forums. Prior to Hooper's swim, the sport had been rocked by a number of controversies, mostly fraudulent claims of completion, and the community had begun to ramp up efforts to lay bare any kind of scam. Um, wow. Well, to be fair, I mean, he's definitely not a scam, because if you were trying to scam people, you would claim much greater levels of success than he was claiming. I don't just, just try in it. I don't know. Is that a big enough claim? But he's so unbelievable. I mean, I don't think you'd make... You wouldn't make that up, that you, you were going to do it and you, you made 86 miles over the course of 30... What was it, 33 days? He was going to do it for 147, wasn't he? Yeah. So he was he was saying he was going to do well, it slower than people. The other ones were doing people. it like they were doing like twenty five miles mm. a day. So he was saying I'm going to do it slower. So I don't I don't see why you would make that up. 
As a rule, ocean swimmers cut their teeth crossing channels, but prior to the Atlantic effort, Hooper had never swum a large body of water. <laughs> it showed. Now, Jennifer Fig, who has completed an Atlantic crossing, um, swam close to 20 different swims before attempting an ocean crossing. That makes sense. And then you do, like, ever, ever-increasing bodies of water... Because you'd want to, it's it's the conditions as well, I guess, as much as anything that you need to be able to yeah. experience those big waves and and you work up to it yeah. with channel crossings. Um, asked by the, um, Jennifer, who'd swum the Atlantic Ocean, hmm. um, why he'd never completed a significant but shorter swim that might help establish integrity, such as crossing the English Channel. Hmm. He said, "I've always steered away from the Channel. It's cold." I don't I don't do cold water and it's dirty. End of <laughs> What does he think the mid Atlantic is? I mean the channel is cold. <laughs> yeah. But we're talking relative here. Yeah. And it's dirty. <laughs> dirty water. I mean you can't argue with him. It's the busiest shipping lane in the world, isn't it? So it's probably there's some stuff in it. I bet there's a trolley at the bottom of the, <laughs> the, bottom of the channel somewhere. But bloody hell. Whoa. Oh, Christ. And you think like shipping lanes and stuff, if you're, mm. if you're not, a, um, what are they called? Um, people who... What's Captain? No, like t- to be aware of like oceans and... Uh, Nautically minded. Yeah, a seafarer. Yeah. yeah, somebody like Dad is now that he's got his charts. Yeah, but he's got, he's got a, a name for it. It's not coming to me. Yeah. Um, an oceanographer. But he hasn't got that experience or it seems the want to understand that. No. His research of danger was two sharks, jellyfish and sea nettles. Well, my thought is when he's talking about these currents, surely when you go, you go as the tide's going out so you get the help well, of that. Well, where I went from Africa uh, to <clears throat> South America mm. was um, a, a seasonal wind that blows that way. Okay. Um and that he thought that that would help him along. Well, he's not in the air; he's in the water. So it would be the oceanic. It would be the ocean currents. No, but the it? wind as you're swimming, Joe, because it the wind disrupts the surface water, doesn't it? You have currents, but then like the top, if you've got huge winds in the middle of the Atlantic blowing one yeah, way yeah, against yeah. you, it's going to affect the current of the that top water. I'm back in the channel. <laughs> <am I? laughs> um, by the end of the expedition, most onlookers had come to the collective conclusion. <laughs> That, he was a that bit the attempt shit. had been recognised as valid. <clears throat> oh, good. Uh, Hooper was not a fraud, as some suggested, but he was it was just also vastly unprepared, incredibly naive. Aww. Hooper, no matter how well intentioned, had somehow remained ignorant of the extent of the challenge. He paid the price. In the words of Dan Sommelier, <laughs> Dan Sommelier, the famous wine man, an open water swimmer, yeah, who'd helped early on in the expedition. <clears throat> and had once been signed on to become its official observer. Ben really didn't have the experience. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he didn't. But I I wonder about all of these people around him who know that. Why is nobody going to him and giving him that heart-to-heart of, Ben, you are not... Cut out for this. Well, not not even not cut out. You've not done the, the prep work. You think you have, but suppose... you haven't swum a an open body of water and that yeah. really I suppose it's what circles he's 
swimming in. <laughs> um, <laughs> the circle's just off the Senegalese coast. But you think, like, so his history of depression, a yeah. lot of sh- a lot, he's been he's been in that horrible car crash. He's had, yeah. His wife's had an affair. Yeah. He's, he's been horribly down. Yeah. And then this idea comes along that brings... So for all his family and the people around him, it's like he seems so much happier and content mm. and he's driven and his life's getting better and he's raising money for charity. Yeah. He's making his daughter proud. So all his... That circle, the inner circle's all supporting him to do that because they don't know, they know it's mental, but they don't know how mental And he's it saying is. other people have done it and he's saying, look, this open water swimmer's mm-hmm. signed on to help me and they're going, okay. And by the time he comes to do it, him. he's been, he's swam 12 million metres in a pool mm. and, and he looks like a swimmer. Yeah. And he's put on loads of weight for the thing and he... And he He's probably talking for somebody who but, doesn't know. He's yeah. using the lingo to the point where you go, "Oh, that sounds legitimate." And he's not—he's not in these <clears throat> um, swimming clubs because he's not—he's um, not doing the channel or talking to people. Mm. He's not doing all the steps you'd do before. It's, so he's not meeting those people that give him advice. Yeah, he's just jumping straight into the the big thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> the deep end, but I'm not going to say that. But I—I I guess it's. <clears throat> It sounds like it's a midlife crisis that if his big dream was that he was going to, um, you know, build a model replica of an old Ferrari from scratch by manufacturing the the various bits himself, he'd just be an eccentric guy who has a very well-equipped shed mm. and he spends a couple of hours a day down there pottering and everyone goes, well, yeah, but it, it keeps him on a level. Yeah. And... Otherwise, he's able to function quite perfectly. It's just the thing that he chose or latched onto was just so... Destruct- destru- destructive. Well, it Destructive and very disruptive to his life to the point of... Because even if it worked out, he was basically saying to his whatever sort of situation he had at home, I'm going to drop you for six months while I do this thing that may very well result in significant injury or death. Yeah. That's quite a... Yeah, but and he raised so much <clears throat> money for charity, and he was oh, so living, then he felt he had to, and he was living off for Kickstarter money. Oh, so um, there's the obligation and the guilt yeah. as well. So you can't really get out of it. Cautionary um, tale. So what was his name again? Um, Hooper from Britain. Bless him. Um, it's, it seems a very British thing. It's you know that the scale of the attempt is fantastic. The amount of preparation appears to have been lacking. So there was questions about, is he going to do a second attempt? Yeah. Um, but he won't be able to get the money together. That's that's oh, That may be for the best for him. He previously described his personal financial situation as dire. Oh. He owes 75000 to expedition investors alone for the last one. Um, mm. With that kind of debt, you're not Finding gonna... a regular worker is essential, he told me. Not to just repay the debts or plan a second, or to plan a second expedition, but to survive. For the first time, he seemed hesitant about the second expedition. We've learned a hell of a lot, he said. That's the thing we can shout about. But the second attempt doesn't seem to be his priority. We're all trying mm. to work and restabilize our lives. I'm obviously trying to dig myself out of a hole. Because mm. I guess that's the risk versus reward of something like that. If you do it, oh, God, there's it. a lot of money that comes that way through interviews, through. You know, you can write a book about it. I mean, I guess he could still write a book about it. I'd read that book if he wrote that. But, yeah, a failed attempt at something like that, it's all the money that would be coming your way as a result of being 
able to say that you'd done that achievement and sponsorship deals, interviews, all that kind of stuff just doesn't come. You've you've bet on yourself very heavily there, mm. which must have made the the actual not managing it extra stressful. And for a guy who suffered from depression, that seems like it was a really dangerous time. <laughs> it's like he's traded his future mental health. Mm. If it works, I bet you know that would have been really. If he got halfway, massive. that would be big. Mm. Um, but eighty-six miles isn't. Yeah, you get halfway and then it's downhill, so you're fine. You get halfway and then it's like, okay, this guy's doing it. He's done a thousand miles. Yeah, if if you get halfway and then you get stung by something and you have to abandon, it's like, well, you can say, well, I was going, you know, I'd done the majority of it. Yeah. It was only bad fortune that did that. But when you don't... But when you've only gone, how many do you do? So on day 21, he got stung by the jellyfish. 25, he gets back in. So he's had four days of, like, like kidney shut down. Mm. Um paralysis writhing pain because it's like one of the worst and pains. i was like why at that point i was like why'd you get back in the water but then if it's like oh i'm 75 grand in debt if i don't do this and yeah i've already promised the charity 500 grand or whatever it is oh and I, that must have been hard as well because i think he and seems like he's genuinely supporting wanted me to, for three years to yeah, do this genuinely wanted to to he, he probably genuinely thought it was going to make all that money for charity bless him Joe, wow. you laughed. You can't get out of it now. I, d- I did laugh because I'm sorry. It was, it was still funny. Um, it can, it and can be funny and tragic. For this, the Guardian. Um, the Guardian. Yes. Via the Observer. They're owned by the same publishing yeah. company. Yeah. Um, and it was <clears throat> titles Unlucky or Deluded. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, they've taken a strong editorial line in that. <laughs> One man's attempt to swim the Atlantic. <laughs> Alex. Moshakis. Fair um, enough. Well done, Alex. Ben Hooper. Bless you, Ben, and wherever just, you are. And that's an extra slice. It kind of is. <laughs> yeah, put it in. <laughs> <laughs> I may do it as a separate thing, but thank you for that story. Because so, so what you want me to do, to come full circle before we end, is you want me to find that story. Because if I had found that story and wrote it, you would have loved it. Every step of the, that was the just story, what you want. The story I'm going to write for you is that, <laughs> but in a boat, trying to go around the whole world. Whole so world. the Atlantic is just an element of this story. Trying to, the fastest time around the planet. Mm. It, it, Don't it, give away anymore. It's exactly the same. Well, it's not, it's not, but it's the same setbacks, the same person. <laughs> okay. It's Ben Hooper, but in 1954. <laughs> it's Ben's granddad. <laughs> yeah. One of us will eventually, right. old Grampy Hooper. Right. Okay. I've got to well, go home, but thank I'll you for l- the extra story. Put it in. I will do it next. Don't release it as a, as a. Just do midweek little like. Here's a bit extra for you. Know. Hi there, it's Emma, chief organizer at Consistently Eccentric. Here to remind you all that if you like what you hear, you can catch up with all previous episodes and session series by searching for us on Acast, Spotify and iTunes. How fancy. You can also join us on Instagram at Consistently Eccentric Podcast, where we update on the weekly episode and post all of our bonus content for you lucky lot. See you next week.